Hello, and welcome back to I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, and I am joined once again by Anthony Irwin. Anthony, how are you doing? Better than Spencer Dinwiddie's GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're, we're all having a better day than, than, than that went, so that's good. I, I don't understand what the logic was behind any of his decision-making process there. I mean, first of all, like you mentioned before we got online, the the timing of you know now during the <laughs> pandemic when there's so much economic insecurity that he would ask people for money and then two that he thought that this wouldn't be a violation of the collective bargaining agreement just because he said front office people don't get involved like <laughs> i don't <laughs> i thought he was like one of the smarter nba players <laughs> this was this is the kind of thing that like i i, I think we're allowed to just blame quarantining on this right I think so. He doesn't have access to people who are advising him. He's sitting there in his room. He thinks he comes up with this brilliant idea. He doesn't have his team necessarily as around him as they normally would be. And, mm-hmm. you know, he can go to them for to, for advice. But once that seed is planted, it just kind of grows out of control on him. And and then eventually we arrive at, at the disaster that that was. Like, I worked <laughs> I worked in PR uh, as I've said, roughly 37,000 times over right, the course right. of my career. Um, and, it, you know, I reached out to a couple of my old PR buddies. And I was like, how would we talk our way out of this one? <laughs> <laughs> and it would basically be like, honestly, just shut up and, yep. and hope that the news cycle gets to the next thing, which, you know, it does and, and stuff. But, but yeah, that, was, that was just an astronomical miscalculation of of his own value to in in the in the nba like what what fan is sitting there at home right now during the you know the the aforementioned global pandemic and is thinking to themselves you know what my team needs spencer dinwiddie (laughs) like i'm gonna go out and spend my own personal money to make sure my team can get spencer dinwiddie it's just not happening i don't i don't even understand the logic behind it like presumably the accumulation of 24 million Bitcoin or whatever the number was like that would be created by a, like a multiple fan bases. So then once he reaches the total, like does he send out a poll? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't even know the mechanics behind this. Like, it's which, it's which... so strange. And I, go ahead, I go think ahead. I got in a little late because like the minute I saw the announcement, he had already said that if they didn't reach the total that he would donate the, existing sum to charity but apparently when he first started that wasn't even part of the bargain mm. I, so uh, just a colossal misunderstanding of what we need right now <laughs> i think the most humane thing to root for here is that he came up a single dollar short right and then Correct. donated the remaining 24 point whatever million to charity mm-hmm. um i think that's 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 objectively the right thing to root for Spencer Dinwiddie probably doesn't think so, but, but <laughs> like for, for, you know, what would best or most benefit everybody out there? I think that's the, the outcome that was best served. So maybe we should have organized this a little bit better and said, okay, let's get as close to this goal as possible. And then let that money all go to some kind of charity of his choosing. Except you know, somebody would have screwed it up and accidentally gone above the total. If we tried to get that close Tillman for tea is just like, oh shit, I hit the link. Oh, my bad, guys. <laughs> now he has to join the Rockets on a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then that sends him into bankruptcy. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also, 
I also like I, I I felt bad, you know, because everybody has bad ideas that, you know, you don't get you don't talk to enough of your friends and they don't call you an idiot often enough and, and you eventually go through with it. But mm-hmm. the initial idea behind this, like the the because I remember initially he wanted to be like a publicly traded company Correct. where people invest in him kind of and as he goes, so the stock goes. And I always thought that was kind of a fascinating thing. Like I remember way back in the day, this was back when I was, oh man, what site was it that I was writing for when I very first started? I forget what site it was, uh, but uh, there was on, on NBA.com, they tried to get into fantasy sports by the, the NBA stock exchange. I don't know if you remember this it was NBA. I, I don't. It was, it was fun. It was really fun. You would like, you start out with like, I think they gave you $25,000 and, you know, superstars were worth X, you know, amount of money, probably like, I think it was like eight or 9 million or eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Eight or $9,000 for like Kobe. This was Mm -hmm. back when he was kind of in one of his peaks. And uh, you know, as that year went along, as he was performing, you know, especially uh, compared to expectations, like the best way to win in that game was to find some player that you thought could really take off. And then that would allow you to kind of coast everywhere else on your team. But it was just, it was just really fun concept. So when Dinwiddie said, yeah, this is what I want to try doing. I, I thought it was actually kind of interesting. Uh, but when, when it, when it morphed into whatever he was thinking here, uh, woof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not great, Bob. Yeah. Woof, I think is the perfect way to put a bow on that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. I'm I'm just glad that like even though there are no sports happening, players are still finding ways to give us kooky content because that's one of my favorite things about this league is that it's so weird. Yeah. And everyone showcases every single part of their personality on the internet. So Yeah. I was as as misguided as that was, I'm I'm grateful for the distraction. Yeah, I I appreciate the jokes. Like that's all I'm yeah. here for. I, I appreciate <laughs> the jokes I was allowed to make at the at his expense. <laughs> all right. So we actually have some modicum of NBA news going on. Uh, maybe yeah. some progress towards basketball resuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you, what part of that would you like to start with, Anthony? Let's talk semantics uh, okay. and definitions of things that we thought were pretty clearly defined. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought I knew what a bubble was, and apparently I've been I've been. Remember? Do you were, do you remember Bubble Boy? Do you remember that whole Bubble yes, Boy? Yes, of thing? course. Yes. So according to the NBA, he was actually in the bubble the whole time. <laughs> like <laughs> he was they they found him he was just kind of chilling in his living room but like technically by what apparently are the nba's rules for a bubble he was he actually you know they rescued him in his in his own living room so kudos to everybody for for finding him that was wild <laughs> this is insane <laughs> this all right so just not- to just to clear this up real quick if you haven't been on the internet yeah. um, We've been talking about this bubble concept for the NBA to resume games where all of the players and teams would house in one central location. Orlando and Vegas are the sites that keep coming up. And essentially the players wouldn't be allowed to leave their hotels or pra- like unless they were going to the practice facilities or the games. And that would create a self-sustaining quarantine so that the NBA wouldn't have to worry about infecting anybody beyond its you know, population of players and staff and team officials. Mm-hmm. But now we're learning that... <laughs> The bubble doesn't apparently mean a bubble and that players can go in and out as they please. And we learned this, of course, from our intrepid reporter, Jared Dudley, who's become a spokesperson for all NBA players. 
<laughs> I don't know what part of that is more ridiculous to me, but let's start with the bubble. <laughs> you know who the biggest fan of today's news was? Who? Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, for, for screwing up so fervently that nobody remembered my thing. No, I, I think so. The only way that I thought this was going to work was how we all thought they were going to frame this thing, which, you know, granted, was a giant sacrifice on the part of everybody involved, everybody <laughs> from, from players to coaches to team personnel to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, I understand why, you know, some players, especially, you know, young millionaire athlete guys at the peak of their physical abilities – it was also funny that Jared Dudley was like, you could tell kind of through the quotes, he wasn't quite sure about this now that he's saying it out loud. But, um, but like the, the idea that, you know, and, and I don't want, I don't mean to get too crass here, but, but one of the things that, you know, everybody who covers the NBA has kind of been talking about during this time when they were talking about bubbles was, um, are these guys willing to go that long without, uh, we'll say camaraderie or, you know, the, 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 uh, the ability to have some fun uh, in the ways that NBA players are able to have their fun. And, you know, I, I think at that time it was like I, some, who's going to slip up, who's going to try to invite somebody into the bubble, who's going to have somebody, you know, doing the walk of shame out of the bubble that gets caught, something like that, you know, and that was going to be a fun internet joke, but apparently seeing as this bubble is more an amoeba that uh, players can kind of go come and go out of, I, I, you know, I, apparently that, that covers that. It just, it just, it exponentially expands the variables associated with the NBA reopening, you know, just like Dudley says, every team has a Rodman. They just don't have, they don't the have green part. hair. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was the best I want to know who he was thinking of there. I just love the Dudley's like, let me make this relatable for everybody at this moment in time. <laughs> he's he's high, highest of keys been one of the superstars of of the hiatus. He's been he so really good. Has. He's been yeah. so good. But uh, for you, like when how would you feel or how did you feel hearing about this compared to what we thought the the, the plan was going to be? Because it, it, so it knocked me off my feet. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I originally thought that if the league was to resume its season that it would have to be in a very controlled environment. Yeah. Essentially what we what we thought a bubble was. And <laughs> I realized that it's a huge sacrifice and that there's a lot of money at stake obviously, which is why the players would consider doing something like this because you know, like you said, they're in the prime of their athletic career, which means they're also in the prime of their earning potential and losing out on however much revenue the season was projected to generate for the final, you know, quarter and postseason, that's not insignificant. And I understand that. Um, and it's sort of the calculus that every business in America is having to go through right now. But I don't understand how this is possibly safe if people are right. going in and out of the bubble. It's just the NBA and Adam Silver in particular, every indication I get is that they want this to be as safe as possible and that they're, thinking of every single precaution because there are people above 60 years of age in the NBA, right? Coaches, assistants, uh, referees, uh, even media, right? So they have, you know, they need to have a vested interest in making this 
as safe as possible. And I understand that you need to give the players rights. I just can't for the life of me fathom how this is going to work if the players can go in and out. They're just, there doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like losing my mind over it because yeah, I, it's I'm, so I'm, illogical. I'm right there with you. I, I you know, and look, I, I, we both have to kind of cop to our biases here, right? We would like sports mm-hmm. to come back because we both make our incomes off of sports. Exactly. You know, it would be, it'd be nice if sports were to come back for that reason for us selfishly. That mm-hmm. said, if it's going to happen, it always had to be as intelligently, as deeply and thoroughly planned out as it could possibly be. And in this case where it's just like, oh yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll go out there and maybe the bubble will provide a protective uh, shield for them while they're away from this amoeba bubble, you know? And, and, you know, I, I just, it's just, it's shot. Are they, gonna, are, are they now saying, can the people that, you know, NBA players want to hook up with, can they now come into the bubble? You know, uh, are they going to stop them at the door? Because then at that point, like, so either you welcome them in, right. And, you know, maybe test them on their way into the bubble. And, uh, you know, they, boy, what a, what a, what a uh, scene say uh, setter, you know, how romantic is that as you're, as you're bringing, you know, this girl that you want to bring back to the hotel, uh, she now has to sit there and get a swab shoved up her nose to be able to go into this hotel and and have that night of fun with you. Or or the NBA player goes out there and is now open, you know, in out there in the public where any number of people can they can come in contact with any number of people who could be asymptomatic. And then what's really really scary here is that whoever does come back into the either either into or back into the bubble well everybody else or the vast majority of everybody else is going to be treating this as a quarantined area mm-hmm. and that's where you know we saw this in nursing homes now this is a a group of people that are much less at risk than the people in nursing homes but when you have a bunch of people that are confined to one space and then you get that disease, the, the, the disease or the virus into that space, that's when it spreads like wildfire. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I just, I guess the, the thing that they're hoping uh, keeps these guys uh, acting responsibly here is the idea that if you go out there and you bring it back and it spreads like wildfire, you are now responsible for, and knowingly responsible for shutting this league down all over again. Like the, the thing that saved Rudy Gobert from outright embarrassment was the fact that like he, there's no way he could have known what all was going to happen after the fact. But now people right. know. Now people understand like this, the, the severity of the situation. And if somebody goes out there and brings it back and then this thing spreads like crazy inside the quote unquote bubble, that's, that's when that person gets held I, I does that person ever play in the league again? Is that you know because because they just cost the league if it has to shut down all over again this season and possibly seasons to come because how can they ever kind of look at themselves in the face by setting this kind of situation up for themselves and then see it blow up in their face like this? It's just it's just it's insane to me. I I I'm I'm usually very pro freedom and all that stuff, but in this case, that's not how. That's not how you, you know, we've already seen the effect of, of social distancing and flattening the curve and all that. We've been able to keep this at a spot where, 
you know, some states have already opened up, but now that, you know, the curve has been flattened, that doesn't mean the disease isn't out there anymore. It, it just means that we, we handled the past couple months intelligently. It doesn't say anything about what can, what can happen in the, in the next weeks or months to follow. Right. And I think it was unreasonable to expect that even if the NBA had a, you know, constrained bubble, that everyone would follow it to the letter of the law. But to go in with the idea that we're not going to keep it as strict as we need to, just it seems like bad practice. And I hope that Dudley is talking out of turn and that he's yeah. not aware of what you know the NBA has planned. But let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to the other news that has been floating around today. Okay, so the NBA reopened practice facilities within the past week for about – 20 of the teams in the league thus far, and it sounds like by June 1st, they'll be expanding workouts. So there definitely appears to be more and more momentum towards getting teams back together. Mm -hmm. um, and the reporting says that now they're leaning more and more towards Orlando versus Vegas as being the site where all the games will be held, which for me has always made the most sense because of the logistics of Orlando. It's a private property at Disney World. You can control who comes in and out versus Vegas is a legitimate city that you mm -hmm. just can't control those elements, right? I think you yep. were on the same page there. Absolutely. Right. And then another reason for Orlando, we've been talking about this before in terms of the economics that the NBA is dealing with. They stand to lose a lot of revenue. The league itself isn't the only one worried about the revenue. It's all of their partners. And ESPN, which is owned by Disney, is one of those partners another reason why Orlando makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that was one of the first things that kind of came to my mind when they said that Orlando was a front runner, um, despite Kevin O'Connor reporting that Houston is apparently also in the running uh, for some reason. But Orlando, like you said, and, you know, I've talked, I've never been personally to mm -hmm. Walt Disney World. Have you ever been there? I have, but I was, it's been like 15 or so years, so I don't really remember. Well, like everybody I've talked to has said that it's basically its own city. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it is, you know, when you're in there, you, you don't feel like you're, you're in Orlando. You don't feel like you're in Florida, which is an accomplishment in and of itself. <laughs> um, but the, that from, from that standpoint, like you said, it being a privately owned bit of land, um, and and big enough too, because like if they did Vegas, are they just are they just you know keeping those athletes to only the hotels that they stay in, right? And if you open it up to the entirety of Walt Disney World, and that's like your quote unquote bubble, because nobody else is coming into Walt Disney World right now. Um, although I think I think Keith Smith told me that they're thinking about kind of scaling up some kind of return there, which adds any number of other variables, and they were talking about how um you know a limited number of fans i think orlando or florida was saying that that a limited number of fans might also be able to get into the games the whole thing like today i to this point i was very confident in the way that the nba was handling it but the various mm -hmm. reports and then stuff that jared dudley was saying uh really threw me for a loop and you know even while i think disney world makes the most sense both economically and and just in terms of the practicality of everything i <laughs> it really makes me nervous the 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 very the various kind of variables that they're adding as they kind of go along here and 
you know, we thought that they spent the last couple months, you know, really planning this out, talking to all the scientific, you know, all, all the scientists and, and epidemiologists and, and every expert that they could kind of get their hands on. But this flies in the face of a lot of the stuff that those epidemiologists have been telling us throughout the entirety of, of the uh, countrywide, nationwide shutdown. Um, and, and, you know, I understand that at some point we're going to have to scale up and at some point we're going to have to get the economy back up and running. But if we were going to do so, I always figured, you know, I was kind of hoping that the NBA, we would look at, look to them as the example of the way to do it. But, you know, now watching them handle this as they've made, as they're gaining steam towards a return, it really makes me nervous, not just in terms of, you know, the people that we cover and the teams that we cover, but also the message that it sends across the country that like, wait, so the NBA said they were going to completely bubble themselves off, but people are going to be allowed to come and go. So why is it that I can't go out to dinner and, or why can't I go out and and cut my hair? And while that isn't how I personally think, you know, approach things, there are going to be a ton of people who look at it that way. And that's just, that's only going to shine a brighter light on, on how the NBA is trying to handle this. And I don't know if they're going to be able to meet the standards that that set the right kind of tone that they want to set as kind of the the uh, trendsetters or trailblazers of getting the economy back up on its feet. I, I totally agree with everything you said. And one of the reasons I had been so in favor of the Orlando model was because they have private restaurants and you know entertainment activities in Orlando like within mm-hmm. the Disney property itself that you could put all of those you know features inside of the bubble so to speak so like they have golf courses which we know NBA players love I mean, I'm going back to the Jared Dudley thing of basing everything off the last dance but <laughs> they have golf courses right they have restaurants they have mm-hmm. plenty of things that make it sort of this self-sustaining city that I mean on the one hand it's obviously restrictive to players to be exclusively inside of it you know disney properties but it's not as bad as it could be because they're not just going to be like inside of a hotel only going out to play basketball there are other things they could do to spend their time and like you i mean i i've always thought that the nba really takes its role seriously they were they're so proud of the fact that they're the first league to shut down even if it sort of happened because rudy gobert tested positive that day and they adam silver has consistently spoke about how he believes that they can send a message with the way they come back. And like you, I'm not sure what message is being sent right now. I think like everything they've said so far about how players are, you know, going through serological testing so they can be part of, you know, antibody studies or how they weren't going to take tests from, you know, the public that is currently devoid of testing in certain locations around the country, which is why the practice facilities only opened in areas where, public testing had risen to enough of a level, right? Like in Los Angeles, where every person, symptomatic or not, can receive a coronavirus test. That's where the Clippers and Lakers, you know, that's when they open their facilities. Mm-hmm. And up till now, I feel like messaging has been generally on point. You know, they've been taking everything so carefully. I wonder if this is just like a, a blip, like a bad day, like Jared Dudley just said something out of sorts. But then, you know, Rachel Nichols comes on Twitter and says, that's why we've been calling this a single site model or a neutral site model, not a bubble environment anymore. And that's when I start to worry because these things are being corroborated. And I just, I keep coming back to this. I don't understand how anything but a bubble would be a 
smart way of going about this. Yeah. I, and look, I, I understand where they're kind of coming from, right? Like how, for, for a lot of these guys, like how long do you get to say that you're an NBA player? Right. Right. And, and how long do you get to live the lifestyle of an NBA player for, for, you know, the, the average NBA career is about four years, I believe still. Um, And if, you know, if you basically lose one eighth of your career to this thing and one eighth of the, the time that you can kind of enjoy that lifestyle, I understand that you're kind of looking at this and, and, and even more so for those guys that are only in the league for one year, right? Mm-hmm. Who you, you have your two way guys, you have, you know, guys who, who, uh, you know, aren't going to be able to call themselves NBA players beyond this season. And, you know, for those guys, I understand kind of the desperation of, I want to squeeze every last drop of this experience that I possibly can. But at the same time, those guys also have to recognize that this is way bigger than them. Like this is how, how it would be legitimately crushing legitimate. Like it would just, I don't know how the league would ever really recover from this. If like Greg Popovich contracted it because like Jakob Pertle wanted to run the mat or ride the Matterhorn or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like, I don't, I don't know if the NBA ever really recovers because they willingly, set this these these plans in place understanding the risk knowing the risk right and maybe maybe they know more than we do right that's that's also a possibility that the epidemiologists are telling them that so long as you do x number of testing you can be a little riskier with the number of athletes who are going out into the public or 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 are we saying they're leaving the bubble are we saying cuz once you leave a bubble the bubble pops right once the first person leaves the bubble that bubble is no longer a bubble. So are we saying they're like stretching the bubble? Like, are I they, assume are... the bubble is popping. Yeah. That's the way I'm envisioning Dudley's comments. <laughs> so, so like, I, all right. So as soon as, as soon as that one, that first player leaves the quote unquote bubble, pops the bubble, uh, are the, are the scientists, are the experts telling the NBA that so long as that person is, is quarantined for X amount of time, runs X number of tests, right? And, and you know, they, they are cleared of all of that stuff before they, they now get back to their team, then okay. Like if that's, if that's part of the plan there, then okay. But, but also, so you're telling me if, if, you know, if somebody who actually matters on a playoff team goes out into the public, right? I don't think it'd be like a LeBron James, right? I think he has too much on the line to go out and do right. that kind of a thing. But if it's like a role player, right? If it's if it's like you know KCP or somebody like that, uh, though he has experience in, in being restrained to <laughs> I knew a this single was coming. Place, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> but if it's but if it's like I'm trying to think of a player who you know would legitimately put at risk the the playoff plans of the team that they play on by you know going out into the public. And then when they come back, they have to be quarantined for for 14 days or for a week, uh, and in that time miss either two or three of the last games of the season while their team is in the playoff race or god forbid they come back and they miss a game or two of the series that they're playing in because they have to be quarantined quarantined over that and you know there are there are guys who i think are mature enough to understand that it's probably not worth it but also at the same time like they're, they're still guys and when you think with uh 
you know, without, with, with the wrong brain, uh, you, you tend to consider all the other risks uh, worth it. You know, all of the other sacrifices that you're making for other people worth it. And, you know, maybe the NBA is more mature than I'm giving it credit for. Maybe the players across it, maybe, maybe teams will, you know, apply so much peer pressure. Hey, don't screw this up for us that, you know, guys will act accordingly. Uh, but we also saw just now in the last dance, like if there's anybody who's going to kind of crack the whip across the, their, their team and make sure that they all act the way that they should, it'd be Michael. But he had to go get Dennis Rodman out of a, uh, I think it wound up being an apartment in Chicago. But still, like Dennis Rodman said, I got to go on a two-day vacation and basically took off or, or in the middle of a final series. He took off and went and, and did some WW. I think at that time it was WWF. So like I'm, I'm kind of wondering, you know, this is a real legitimate test of the maturity that across the league everybody has. And if I'm underselling them, then I'll cop to that. I'll say that I was an idiot and that, and that maybe I cast dispersions that I shouldn't have at the beginning of this thing. But I also understand, you know, the way that a 23-ish, you know, especially a 23-ish millionaire might feel about being told uh, you, you can't actually go out into the public and and live the NBA lifestyle. I, 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 don't, I don't see how they, you know, how they manage all of that. And, yeah, and, I completely agree. The, yeah. the age range we're talking about is probably the most important factor here because I know personally, I, I was an idiot when I was 21, 22 years old. Yeah. And think about how much of the NBA population is that age. They're all coming, what, out of one year of college. A lot of them are early 20s. Uh, they're not used to having these kinds of restrictions placed upon them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, the pressure of LeBron James saying like, if you screw this up for me, I'm going to ruin the rest of your career is probably a little terrifying. I don't, I can't imagine that every team has somebody like that who's, you know, bearing down on them to that level. Uh, you know, Jared Dudley says like, we're going to keep Anthony Davis and LeBron James and bubble wrap. They're not going to go anywhere, but that, that's not how this virus works, right? We're only as healthy as our, you know, weakest links, right? Yeah, somebody we're only gets as sick. smart as our, our, our dumbest link. <laughs> exactly. If somebody gets sick, we all get sick. So I just keep coming back to this idea that you, you want to plan for the worst and expecting players to hold themselves accountable, not just players, like I assume some parts of their immediate families will be coming with them. Like it's not just going to be a player bubble. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be some limited amounts of family. Expecting all of them to live up to this insanely high standard that the NBA needs to keep operations going for a month or so, you know, to finish all of the games, that seems unrealistic. And Thus far, it appears that the NBA was planning for worst case scenario, and now they're loosening up a little bit. It it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't seem in line with the way they've behaved the last 10 weeks since the season was put on a hiatus. I, I'm just expecting like tomorrow, like a new big woge bomb to come in about like, this is exactly what Jared Dudley means when he says the bubble is not a bubble, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think I think to a certain extent, you know, we kind of have to to hold out for more information. It's still, you know, we're still, even if this, this, you know, they do start playing out there in uh, Orlando, I think the earliest that anybody is really talking about is July. You right. Know? Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll probably get, 
a much clearer hopefully get a much clearer picture of <laughs> what what all they they have in mind by that time uh but as of right like this was it was funny i pete and i literally two days ago <laughs> said you know credited the nba for not screwing up right we we compared mm-hmm. it to major league baseball where you know the nba has basically just like quietly gone about their business uh, apparently, you know, worked with epidemiologists and, and they've had really productive talks uh, between all the parties, whether it's owners, Adam Silver, the players, um, you know, they've all they've all been productive in their handling of the situation. And, you know, you compare that to baseball where they're openly fighting about the amount of money that, that they're going to make. It's whenever absurd they... what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And and, you know, not not 48 hours later. You have Jared Dudley, and and look, I I can't even. It's not like, you know, we're we're kind of using Jared Dudley as a bit of a joke here. I, I he's just the person who offered up the information, right? But you know, based on the information that he produced, and to this point, he's been pretty on point. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 actually really handled. Like I, I I'm not that I'm looking forward to Jared Dudley's retirement, but I really do think he has a future in in all of this. Uh, from the simple standpoint that like he doesn't go out there and shoot his mouth off, you know? And I think here with, with uh, the information that they presented today, this was the first time I think that the NBA really just a second time. Cause there was also that, that weird, we're going to open up gyms on May 1st. Nope. May 8th. Nope. May 18th, <laughs> you know, May, May 15th, you know, and like there was, there was that. And then you have now this, but I, I do think it's worth kind of noting as we get closer to launch date that they are going to start tripping up a little bit more. They are mm-hmm. going to, they're, they're, hit, they're shooting at a moving target every so often. And especially as they get closer to this and the bigger cuts that they take, they are going to miss. And this was just one of those instances where based on the information that, that we were presented today, they took a giant haymaker type swing and just thoroughly missed the target. Yeah, I think I think you're right on the money. Um, the fact is that there's no there's no method the NBA can use to bring back games that it's not going to have some inherent form of risk. It's right. just impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only way to reduce risk completely is by not playing the rest of the season. And we know, I mean, I we don't know, but everything I've gathered from the reporting that has existed over the last ten weeks seems to indicate that the NBA wants to finish the season in one way or another. So they will incur risk at some point or another. And they just have to be smart about it. And I think you bring up an excellent point with that practice facility thing because they missed the mark, right? They mm-hmm. decided to open the facilities before a lot of teams were comfortable with it, uh, before even some teams had received the memo from the league, right? They, right, they yeah. learned of the news from ESPN, but they, they scaled back, right? They, they moved the date back one week for some teams, two weeks from other teams. And it seems like they arrived at a situation where players and coaches are comfortable going back to their facilities. and. I, I do remember hearing that there was some pressure from players that they had to get back. And hopefully that has desisted because that would just be really unfortunate if players were made to do something that they were not completely on board with. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be mistakes made and hope, hopefully they figure out that they've made a mistake and work to address it because that's what the league has done to this point. Um, yeah. I still have faith just because of the track record, but it's inevitable that there's going to be screw-ups. These are people's lives at stake, and we just can't be glib about this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it basically, you know, the one situation that they have to try to avoid at all costs is, 
reaching a point like the the effort point you know i, I know mm-hmm. harrison doesn't want us cutting cussing on the show but but the the effort point the point where where people are incurring such losses that they just say effort we just got to get back out there right mm-hmm. and um i felt like you know th- and and the closer that they get to either players just losing out on on their their remaining checks or the closer that that the owners get to you know taking actual losses because uh you know i think a lot of times they they claim losses but they don't actually take those losses they they, right. they spread those losses across the company but but as soon as owners actually do start taking losses i do think we're going to reach one of those effort points where they make a brass brash brash decision not a brass they aren't going to play a trumpet um a brash decision on on you know we just got to get back out there whatever it takes you guys don't want to play in a bubble fine we won't do a bubble you guys want to you guys feel like it's worth the risk to go back out there in the public then fine we'll we'll up testing or whatever and we'll we'll try to appease uh you guys in that way too uh let's just get back out there and to and and play these games like so long as they avoid that situation, I think they'll do okay. Uh, but this, the 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 news that we got today was, I think the closest that we've ever really gotten to effort. We just got to get back out there, and the players weren't comfortable with playing in a bubble, so we're just not going to have a bubble. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't really have much else to say on that. It's it's a little unsettling. I my optimistic side is saying that they will address the mistakes they made today mm-hmm. because a bubble is a bubble it's really not that difficult <laughs> like at the end of the day like i'm i made this joke on twitter but like everybody who's ever blown a bubble right they have that wand that you dip into right. the, the to the to the little container you pull it out it has that soap on it and you blow mm-hmm. the bubble right and then the kid that you're blowing the bubbles for goes insane this was like, all right, Avery, you 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 want to play some some bubbles, and she would laugh and she would get all excited, right? And I would just blow through the wand without dipping it into the solution. <laughs> Have fun, Avery. How's this? And she would just she would just kind of I, I would imagine she would just look at me like, "Where's the bubbles? <laughs> what's what's the deal? Where's the bubble?" Uh, and that's and that's really how I felt today, where they were like, "All right, guys." We have this grand idea. We're gonna we're gonna bubble up Orlando. We're gonna do all this. We're gonna be super smart about it. Oh, by the way, we're not gonna have a bubble. <laughs> it's just insane to me. Yeah, I guess I just have to work on my vocabulary. You know, I don't <laughs> I need to re uh, refocus and realize what these terms mean. So. Yeah. Ah. Well, thanks for this, Anthony. This was <laughs> a good discussion. To sort of get out some of my concerns. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, it's, think, thera- it's therapeutic every so often to just like openly <laughs> freak out about uh, what seems like an altogether just insanely stupid idea. Absolutely. Insanely stupid is a good way to put it. Everything we talked about today, Spencer Dinwiddie, the bubble, <laughs> insanely stupid. That should be the title of the yeah. insanely stupid podcast featuring what Anthony Irwin especially. A bubble? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, are you are you recording from a bubble? We might be recording from a bubble. We're two thousand miles apart, but but we are in uh, the NBA's bubble. Yep, that's that's exactly what I have learned today. <laughs> uh, 
Thank you all so much for listening. This has been the Silver Spoon Roll podcast. Make sure to subscribe for shows on the Lakers every day of the week on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And have a nice day. Get, 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 get.